Welcome to the Sisterhood Podcast, where our goal is to support and empower women. I'm your host, Karen Clegg, an entrepreneur and business coach with a passion for helping women live their best lives. On this show, we'll cover a range of topics from business and entrepreneurship to wellness and mindset. We'll explore the challenges and successes faced by women in business and provide practical tips and inspiration to help you thrive. Whether you're looking to grow your business, improve your health and well-being, or cultivate a positive mindset, the Sisterhood Podcast has something for you. So join me as we dive into engaging conversations with inspiring women and learn from their experiences and insights. Let's support and empower one another on this journey of business and life. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Sisterhood Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Sisterhood Podcast. I am so grateful that you've decided to join me today. I know that you can literally be doing anything, but here you are with me, and I'm so happy that you've decided to join for this chat. In today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about something a little bit more strategic than our other podcast episodes, and we're going to be talking all about marketing. In particular, we're going to be diving into the customer journey. So as small business owners and entrepreneurs, we know that marketing presents a wonderful opportunity for us to display our offerings and to reach a larger audience. And so by investing in marketing, we can differentiate ourselves, our products, our services from the competitors, and we can attract new customers to our business. But I want to mention a saying that I'm sure so many of you have heard. And the saying is, and as it relates to business is, build it and they will come. I'm sure you've heard that, right? And so if you've been in business for a while, we know that that saying is so far from the truth. And essentially what it means is that build your business and automatically the clients will come. But here's the thing, building our business and having the best products or having the best service doesn't necessarily mean that we are going to attract clients. We have to develop a aligned and robust marketing system or marketing strategy. And the goal of this episode is to help you with your marketing strategy, help you optimize a customer journey. And if you do have a customer journey, find out if there are any holes in your customer journey. So let's say any potential customers are leaking through the holes in your customer journey. And the goal of this episode is to hopefully help you to identify those holes and plug them so that you are converting more prospective clients into actual clients. Now, the first thing that I want to touch on with regards to marketing is actually the most common mistakes that a lot of us small business owners and um, predominantly new entrepreneurs, the most common mistakes that we make. And number one is lack of consistent attraction marketing. And I'm going to touch on that in just a second. Number two is poor nurture marketing. So not necessarily making nurture marketing a priority in our business. And I'm going to touch on that too. And then low visibility on the right channel. So ask yourself, where are your ideal clients hanging out? And do you have visibility on those channels? 
Number four is failure to lead with value. So not necessarily demonstrating the value of working with you or the solution that you can provide to a potential client's problem or challenge. So perhaps not using the correct messaging. And then last but not least, an inadequate customer journey. So trying to make a sale without building a relationship with our prospective clients first. And having this kind of inadequate customer journey and not building the relationship first, I want you to think of it like an ATM, a bank machine. And I want you to think of you trying to withdraw funds from that ATM without having ever deposited money. So I want you to think of your community like that ATM. You have to consistently be depositing funds in order to take something out. And how do we deposit funds in terms of marketing to our audience? We nurture them. We lead with value. I literally say we love on our community. So I want to talk about two marketing strategies. Number one is nurture marketing strategies. And number two is attraction marketing strategies. So nurture marketing is all about building trust and relationships and connections with your existing community. So a community that you already have, be it a Instagram community, be it a Facebook group, be it an email database, but basically those are the people that you already have access to. And the goal of nurture marketing is literally, as I say, to love on that community, to lead with value, for you to think, how can I be of service to you? And the goal is to get that community to know, like, and trust you. Remember those three words, know, like, and trust. Because in order for a client or in order for a prospective client to convert into an actual client, they need to know, like, and trust you and your brand. And then on the other hand, there's the attraction marketing strategy. And attraction marketing is all about bringing in those new clients. So getting in front of new eyes, getting in front of your ideal audience, right? And so we need to remember that in this business that we are running, that we are constantly having clients and people in our community dropping off our database. So people are unfollowing us on social media or clients might decide to go with competitors or they're financial circumstances might have changed and they're no longer a client of ours or people might unsubscribe from my email database and so the importance of attraction marketing is to replenish that audience that is continuously dropping off and there's absolutely nothing wrong with people dropping off that's just the nature of business but we do need to be mindful that we need to constantly be replenishing our audience and this is why I say a lot of small business owners focus so much on nurturing their existing audience. So they're leading with so much value. They're posting educational posts. They're doing educational blog posts. They're doing educational podcast episodes. They're doing amazing lead magnets, which we're going to touch on in just a second, doing free educational webinars and events. But they're not necessarily focusing an equal amount of attention on attraction marketing. And that is essentially getting in front of those new eyes to replenish our audience and to give us access to a larger audience and to ultimately allow our business to grow. 
So I just want to touch on quickly a couple of examples of attraction marketing. So examples are being, let's say, for example, being interviewed on a podcast or featuring in the media. You're getting access to that media or media house or publications audience. You getting access to that podcast host's audience, contributing to a blog post, public speaking. Those are all ways of getting in front of new eyes, interacting in Facebook groups where our ideal audiences are hanging out. So for example, my ideal audience is female entrepreneurs. So I might belong to Facebook groups where female entrepreneurs are hanging out. If your ideal audience is working moms, you might want to find Facebook groups where they are working moms hanging out, a support group for working moms and interact in those groups. Another way of getting in front of new eyes is paid advertising, be it Facebook slash Instagram ads, Google ads, and then also word of mouth. Um, I don't want to take away from word of mouth because it is such a powerful form of marketing. Because with word of mouth, if someone that you know is recommending a service, it comes with that trust factor as well. So word of mouth is powerful. So a way of doing attraction marketing could be that you are asking your existing clients or your past clients to perhaps refer you and then perhaps offering them a referral fee or gift in exchange. Some more ways are co-hosting events, workshops or seminars or collaborations like doing an Instagram live or a giveaway together. And that way you are leveraging that person or that brand's audience and you're also leveraging their credibility. And those are just some examples of attraction marketing. Now, on the other hand, nurture marketing is all about being of service. It's all about leading with value and building trust and relationships with our audience. And remember, selling is all about building trust and relationships. So some examples of nurture marketing would be, let's say, you have a blog and you offer valuable, helpful, and educational information on that blog. Another example is email newsletters. So perhaps offering valuable content. And at this point, when we are nurturing, we are doing non-salesy, non-marketing content. We're just literally leading with value. And then social media posts, offering valuable, entertaining, helpful content on social media. Um, doing things like free educational events, so workshops, webinars, and then offering lead magnets. Now, if you're not familiar with the term lead magnet, essentially that's us as the business owner offering something of value in exchange for the customer's contact details. I say it's literally a value exchange. I give you something I give you something valuable and you share your contact details with me. And usually the purpose of a lead magnet is to grow our email database. So those are all the ways and suggestions for you to do nurture marketing. Now, here's the thing that you may or may not have heard of, but there's a marketing term called the rule of seven. So the rule of seven states that a prospective client generally needs to hear your messaging as the advertiser or business owner at least seven times before they'll take action to buy the product or service. So they need to experience at least seven marketing touch points before they'll take action and actually buy your product or service. So pushing an offer prior to building trust makes it a lot harder to convert a sale. It's not impossible 
but usually you will have to work a lot harder in order to convert that sale. Now, I'm not saying that every single person needs to have seven marketing touch points. That is the average. Some people might need one touch point. Some people might need two. Some people might need nine, but seven is the average. So let's talk about what exactly is a marketing touch point. So it's essentially that prospective client making contact with your brand in some way, shape, or form. So it can be something as simple as them seeing a social media post of yours or listening to you on a podcast or even hearing you as a podcast guest. Another example might be them seeing you on a live or a webinar, whether you are the host or the guest. Another example would be meeting you at an industry event or a networking event where you're sharing and talking about your business and your product or service offering. It could be viewing a physical or digital ad, receiving your company's newsletter. Something as simple as seeing your logo is another marketing touch point. Getting on a phone call with you or your sales team. A word of mouth mention from a past or, pre a past or present client of yours entering your giveaway, attending your workshop that either you are hosting, facilitating, or speaking at, and even seeing user-generated content, which is perhaps a previous client of yours showcasing themselves using your product or service and then reposting it onto their social media, or even an influencer promoting your brand. Those are all marketing touch points, and they can be happening consistently in conjunction with one another. So remember, clients need to know, like, and trust you before they will purchase from you. Remember that ATM example I spoke about earlier? We need to deposit funds at least seven times before we can withdraw. So we need to have available for our audience at least seven marketing touch points that they can make contact with our brand in order for them to convert and become a client of ours. So I want to ask you, and I want you to think about this for a second. When you hear the term sell, what pops into your mind? What feelings come up? What thoughts come up? And when I ask my clients this, when I talk to you about selling, how does it make you feel? If I say to you, today you are going to sell your product or service, how does it make you feel? And more often than not, Selling has a negative connotation. So people tell me that when they think sell, they think of aggressive marketing tactics, manipulative marketing tactics, pushing, hard selling, striving for targets, profits, output. It feels difficult. It feels hard. And so I get where that comes from because when I'm on social media, I see so many businesses out there, particularly the bigger brands that push hard sales and use questionable marketing tactics. And so rightfully so, we feel a little bit, sometimes we can feel a little bit icky about selling. So I want to remind you that we are selling when we sell. We are selling to individuals. So often we can forget that, that we are selling to individuals, human beings. We are not just selling to numbers. We're selling to human beings with emotions, aspirations, challenges, pain points, and desires. And the goal of selling and marketing to them is to speak 
to those emotions, aspirations, pain points, and desires. And the essence of selling actually lies in forming connections and fostering transparent communication and establishing trust. And this is an aspect that is so often overlooked. And I can say that as long as I've been in business, I've tried to conduct my business and my marketing as ethically as possible. And I try to be as honest as possible with my marketing and as transparent as possible. And that is what has essentially served me well. I can say that I have gained so many of my clients from building relationships with them, most of which have started on social media, literally having a conversation in the DMs, a genuine, authentic conversation, not with the goal just to, to um, do a hard sell, but to actually build relationships with them. And whenever I communicate with people, potential clients, I think to myself, how can I lead with value and how can I be of service? So let's dive into the customer journey, which is what this podcast episode is going to deep dive into. So what exactly is the customer journey? So a customer journey is the process that we take our prospective clients through, our community, our people. We take them through to help them move from being simply aware that we exist. So yes, they know we exist. So we're taking them through this process from being simply aware that we exist to building trust and relationships to eventually inviting them to work with us. So based on consumer psychology of buyer readiness, this process helps ensure that your marketing system is continuously moving people through this journey step by step. So most people skip the customer journey and they go straight to the sales pitch. So they start their business and immediately start selling without building that trust, without building those relationships first. And like I said, you can go straight to the sales pitch. You can skip through all the stages of the customer journey and go straight to the sales pitch. However, you will have to work a lot harder to convert those clients, which often produces unfavorable results. So clients don't necessarily like a hard sale. They don't like people being pushy and forcing them to make that sale. And on the other hand, you as the person selling, when it becomes hard to convert clients, automatically we tend to feel despondent and demotivated. And that is not something that I want for you. We can get exhausted and burnt out. And by implementing a customer journey, and yes, it might take time to establish those relationships and connections, but it will serve you well in the future. And so we are thinking longevity and long-term over short-term results. So there are five stages in the customer journey. And the five stages are attract, engage, nurture, convert, and retain. So you might come across many coaches and many marketing experts, whatever the case might be, who essentially might talk about a customer journey. And the wording might be different, but essentially... It's all very, very similar how the customer journey works. So there might be a different word for attract or there might be a different word for engage. But essentially, the principle remains the same. So we spoke about attraction marketing. And essentially, this is bringing in new clients. We need to consistently, I can't stress this, stress this enough, 
be growing our community because we need to replenish those that we're losing along the way. Losing clients along the way is a natural part of the business process. So we need to be bringing in new clients, getting in front of new eyes consistently, consistently. And like I mentioned earlier, there are various ways of doing attraction marketing that I'm not going to deep dive into. But like I mentioned earlier, interviews, networking, blog posts, public speaking, there are so many options of getting in front of those new eyes. My favorite way of doing attraction marketing is every month running an ad of some sort. So whether it's a Facebook ad or a Google ad, and then the other way that I love to do attraction marketing is collaborating with like-minded brands. Whether we do a joint giveaway or whether we do a joint live or event, collaborating is one of my favorite ways of doing attraction marketing. And very important to remember that we need to do it consistently. If we don't do it consistently, you will not see the results that you're wanting. But when you do it consistently, over time, you will see the momentum and it's really going to work in your favor. Now, the second stage of the customer journey is engage. And this stage is where those new audiences that have now just come to know your brand is when these new audiences start to show interest in your business and your brand. They want to learn more about you and what you have on offer. So for example, they might visit your website, they might read your blog, they might join your email news, um, email list, or they might follow you on a social media channel. So how do we increase this engagement? How do we get those people that simply know that our brand exists? How do we get them to engage with our brand and show interest and essentially get them to go deeper into the customer journey? We can do this by having business cards or flyers. For example, when we go to our workshops or networking events, we can offer lead magnets. Remember, those are those free tools, something of value that you can give for free in exchange for their contact details so that you can grow your email database. But as I say, very important, it's a value exchange. Those people that are downloading this tool are getting something of value in exchange. So yes, we're getting their contact details, but yes, we are giving them something really valuable or educational in return. And for me, I usually do a downloadable tool. I just recently did an editable business planner and that was my lead magnet. Another way that you can get these potential clients to engage with your brand even more is to entice them to visit your website. So for example, on your social media, you could have snippets of an educational blog, and then you can guide them to your website to read more about that particular blog post. Another thing would be encouraging them to follow you on social media. So making sure that you have your social media links on your website, or perhaps have your social media links in your email signature, or even when you go and visit Facebook groups and engage, telling people where they can find you on social media and encourage them to follow you. So now let's move on to the third stage of the customer journey, which is all about nurturing. And for me, this is my favorite stage of the customer journey because I love getting to know my audience. I love getting to know where they are at in their businesses. Um, and it also just gives me so much insight to communicate with them and to understand what their pain points might be, what their goals might be and what their aspirations are. So this is my favorite part of the customer journey. I literally say this is the stage where you are literally loving on your audience. So this is where the majority of the relationship building is done in the stage of the customer journey. This is where you give, give, give. You give lots of relevant, helpful, entertaining content. And essentially this stage is warming your audience up 
for the next stage. So you might have heard of the term pitching to a cold audience versus pitching or selling to a warm audience. So a cold audience is essentially an audience that doesn't really know your brand. You haven't really taken the time to build the relationship and connection with them. So the nurture stage is all about warming your audience up for the next stage, which is essentially conversion. And the nurture stage is all about building that no like trust factor, building the relationships, building the trust above all else. So anyway, how do we do this nurture? Um, how do we focus on the nurture st stage of this customer journey? So we can provide useful and valuable content in our newsletter. So not selling, but providing useful, valuable, inspirational, motivational content in our newsletters. Another way to do our nurture marketing would be offering valuable and entertaining content on social media. So valuable, entertaining, educational, inspirational content on social media. So this is rule of thumb. And obviously you can take, take, take it if it resonates with you and leave it if it doesn't. But this is rule of thumb that um, it's called the 80-20 rule that 80% of the time we should be on social media leading with value and nurturing our audience and 20% of the time we should be promoting and selling to them. Um, other ways of doing nurture marketing is to do informative and interesting blog posts or once again offering freebies or lead magnets. So for example, doing an educational live or a free educational web webinar, doing podcast episodes where the goal is simply to lead with value, offering discount codes, offering those downloadable tools. Those are all examples of nurturing your audience. And so the fourth stage of the customer journey is essentially to convert those warm prospective clients. Now, here's the thing. This I find with my clients is the stage that most of them shy away from. So they've been leading with value so much. They've been giving amazing content. They've been loving on their audience. And when it comes time to actually promote and sell the offering, which is what we are here for as business owners, they shy away. So I want to tell you, don't shy away from selling. Don't shy away from selling. There's this um, saying that I heard from Melinda Gates, I believe. And I want to share it with you. If ever you feel bad about selling and attracting money, I want you to remember this. The saying goes, when money flows into the hands of women, families benefit, communities benefit, economies benefit. So think about that. When money flows into your, to your hands and you are abundant, you are by the means to give back freely. So just remember that. So when it comes to convert conversion, we have to actually invite people to work with us. So yes, some people will come out of their own and opt into buy our products or services, but more often than not, we have to actually invite people to work with us. So in other words, we have to make an offer to our audience and say, hey, I've got this available to sell. This is something that will benefit your life. This is something that will maybe make your life easier, happier, whatever the case might be, but you have to actually present that offer to your audience. And this stage is often where so many business owners get stuck. They focus so much on their marketing activities and like I said, nurturing, and then they hesitate to invite potential clients to work with them. So 
I want you to be mindful of this. And I want you to actually do a little bit of a tiny exercise. I want you to think about every month, let's just use social media as an example and think about posts, ads, or stories. How often do you think you have to promote your offering per month in order to get your conversion, your client conversion goals? I want you to think of a number. Should you do one post, two stories, one ad? Think about it for a second. Whatever that number is, I want you to times it by four. Yeah, I want you to times it by four because more often than not, we want to sell or advertise a lot less than we think we need to. And remember, clients need to see our messaging a few times in order to convert. We often think that our audience is getting tired of us selling, that we are bombarding them. But so often people are mindlessly scrolling social media, not even noticing. And if your audience loves you and loves your content, loves your brand, and loves the value that you're offering, they are definitely not going to mind if you want to promote your business and ensure that your business grows and survives and thrives. So here's a couple of ways that you can invite people to work with you. You can advertise your products or services using paid ads or organically. So you can literally post it on social media or send out an email newsletter. You can sell in your stories, your Instagram stories. This is, this is such an effective way of selling and it's actually worked the best for me. Another way is to talk about your offerings in person. So when you are with your circle of friends, let them know what you are doing and what you're working on. Talk about it when you are at workshops or networking events and let people know how they can work with you. So educate people on how they can work with you, how they can book with you, how your booking process works um, and make it easy for them to understand so that the conversion happens more effortlessly. And then the last and final stage of our customer journey is retention, retaining our existing clients. So the retention stage is all about surprising and delighting our clients by providing amazing customer service and an amazing customer experience. And I want you to understand this. Did you know that it is seven times easier to keep an existing client than to find a new one. Seven times easier to keep an existing loyal client than to find a new one. And so remember this, it can open up an entirely new revenue stream, simply working with the same clients again and again. So offering different things to the same clients. Maybe they like multiple of your products or multiple of your service offerings. So how can we surprise and delight our loyal clients we can offer things like loyalty programs and incentives for long-standing clients so think about seattle coffee seattle coffee is my favorite so every time you have you order 10 coffees you get the 11th one free so you're always getting a free coffee if you have a certain amount of coffees with them and essentially that will keep the regulars coming back so it's a similar concept. 
So some ideas of surprising and delighting our clients could be offering great and efficient customer service. Great and efficient customer service is hard to come by. And when you offer that kind of service, you are already ahead of the competition. Offering something as simple as a handwritten thank you note with your products or things that you have delivered. Sending a follow-up thank you email, just thanking clients for investing in you and investing their time, just simply saying thank you. Offering a discount coupon for the next purchase or offering a referral fee or incentive for your previous or existing clients to refer you to their circle. And then lastly, offering something like a reward or loyalty program for our longstanding loyal clients. And so I also want to just mention on the topic of loyal clients, more often than not, these loyal um, clients become word of mouth brand ambassadors for our business and brands. And word of mouth is one of the most powerful marketing tools. It's so powerful. Don't underestimate word of mouth. And also one more thing on loyal, longstanding clients. Don't hesitate to ask them for referrals. Don't hesitate to ask them. If they had a good experience with you, they will likely refer you. And by you asking for the referrals, you will be top of mind. As a customer myself, if I've received good service, um, I'm definitely going to refer my friends, family to that particular business, definitely. So remember this, you can attempt to skip over the first three stages of the customer journey, which is attract, engage, and nurture. So you can attempt to skip over that and go straight to the sales pitch. But remember, you'll have to sell and sell really hard to make your business work in the long run, long term. And when you have to sell really, really hard, remember, you can become despondent, demotivated, and even burnt out. So I would highly recommend implementing a customer journey of sorts to make that sales process more optimized. And at that, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you found value and learned something. And if you did, I would love to hear from you. You're welcome to pop me a DM at the dot sisterhood.co underscore. I'd love to hear, hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to hosting you on another episode of the Sisterhood podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Sisterhood Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and gained some valuable insights and inspiration. If you found today's episode helpful, please consider following or subscribing to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a friend who you think would enjoy this show, I encourage you to share it with them. Together, we can build a supportive community of empowered women. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time for another episode of the Sisterhood Podcast.